Today's Daf Samachtes, page sixty-nine in the Heilige Meseches Bubakama. We are four lines from the top of the Daf at the two dots. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement. says, Gozal. If something is stolen, but the original owner, Yaakov, will name him, has not given up hope yet. Yaakov, the owner, cannot make it hectish. And the thief, Reuven, cannot make it hectish. Why? Reuven cannot make it hectish. Because you don't own it. Granted, you stole it, but it's not yours until the owner gives up hope. And since Yaakov, the owner, has not given up hope, Reuven does not own it, and he cannot make it hectish. He cannot sanctify it. Vizet, and Yaakov also, the owner, cannot make it holy. Because it's not in his rishus. It's not in his domain. Even though you still own it, but you don't have access to it. And since you don't have access to it, it's not in your possession. It is also removed from you the, the ability to sanctify it. Says the Gemara, Is this consistent with Rabbi Echanan's general opinion? I have got a question. But also Rabbi Echanan told us, Whenever you find the Mishnah, which is anonymous, without a name, that means, it doesn't matter who said it, this is the Halacha. Whenever the Halacha is the Mishnah, and there's no author, we know that we paskin like that. Bhutan, we learned in the Mishnah without an author, so we know this is the halacha. Kerem Revoi. If you have a fourth year, Kerem, a fourth year vineyard, where the halacha is, you take it to Yushalayim. They would mark it off with special clods, uh, clumps of earth. Why? To let people who walk by know that these. This food is not the, the fruits of this of this vineyard are not allowed to be eaten without um, without uh, redeeming the holiness onto food. Okay, now says the Gemara. One second, we let's just focus on this Mishnah specifically before we get back to how this comes full circle to our conversation of an owner despairing. So the Mishnah says again, fourth year of a vineyard. The halacha is. They would, the owners would put clumps of earth around the vineyard. So that was like the symbolic of everybody beware that this is holy stuff that must be taken to Shalayim. Says the Gemara, Simna ki adama, ma adama ikahana mina, afhai nami ki mafrika shari lahani mina. The reason why we made the sign of a fourth year vineyard to be earth, why this sign specifically? Why don't we just put up a sign, a piece of paper with ink which says, this is Kerem Revoy, because it's letting us know that just like by the, the, the earth itself, the, the same way you're not, allowed to benefit, you're not allowed to benefit from it now, but eventually you will be able to benefit in the next year. Afainami, so too in this, in this uh, uh, vineyard, I'm sorry, the same way in a regular field, you work it now, but, eat, but enjoy it later. Afainami, so too over here by Kerem Revoy, by a fourth year vineyard, by putting out clumps, clumps of earth, people are going to be aware that this is eventually going to be allowed when you eat it in Yerushalayim. Okay, so just, just telling us why they would use clumps of earth as the symbol as opposed to a piece of paper. Fine. Says the Gemara, Bishel Arla. Also, if you have a, if you have a, 
field of trees that are in the first three years of growth, so nobody's allowed to eat it at all. It's completely for benefit to benefit from. So they would mark it off becharsis. They would they would uh, put charsis around it. Okay, Rashi says charsis is uh, some sort of clay. Says the Gemana. Simana kecharsis. Why are we marking off forbidden arla things that are always forbidden with clay? Just like clay has no future. All right, it's not uh, nothing's going to happen over here. Av hainami the last ba anamina. So too, this as well, you're not allowed to get any sort of benefit from. Okay, let's keep going. Says the Gemara b'shal kvaris, and if there was a uh, if there was a kever, if there was a cemetery, so a uh, when they have a cemetery, it was marked besid with plaster. Says the Gemara simna lechiver kaat samis, and the um, the the, the, the reason why they use plaster is because plaster is white like bones. Okay, so that was a proper marking for a cemetery. Umamcha v'shoifech. And then they would take this plaster and pour it around the kever. Why? Around the graves. Why? Kihichi dinachavar So it should become even whiter. Okay. We'll see, you know, over here again, we're just quoting the whole Mishnah. We're going to see how this comes around to our conversation and our psaka of Rebbechon. Omar Reb Shimon Gamliel. Reb Shimon Gamliel says, When do we say that uh, the halacha is, you, oh, you mark off your fields and your vineyards and your orchards like this. This is Shviyas. This is in the seventh year by Shemitah. Okay. Why? The Because every land is Hefker, is ownerless. So listen to this. During the Shemitah year, if there's a land that's in the third year of growth, why do I need to put up a marker for you to tell you it's Arla? You can't touch my stuff in general during the third year. However, if the, if the third year of growth is the seventh year of Shemitah, anybody could take my Shemitah produce. Anybody could take, during Shemitah, they could take, right, they could take whatever's there. Everything's ownerless. So I have to make sure people know, no, 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 this is a third year growth. Don't eat this. Or this is a fourth year growth. Growth you're gonna to have to take this to Yerushalayim. Got it? Incredible. Avol b'shar year one through six. Haliteni l'rasha v'yamos. What's this guy taking food from your vineyard? What's he doing taking food from your orchard? I gotta start putting up signs and clumps of dirt around my land because you might steal. <laughs> Jump in the lake. Have a nice day. Haliteni l'rasha v'yamos. Let the Russia eat it and he'll die. That's his problem. That's his issue. Okay. Then what did we say? Remember what we learned yesterday? Vatsnuim, those who were righteous, modest, Manichim Esamois, they would set aside money. Incredible, incredible. On behalf of the people who would take from the vineyards, they would set set aside money and say the holiness is going to be on this, uh, on this, um, on these coins as opposed to the food, and therefore whoever takes, you know, from the field and makes a mistake is not going to be sinning. Okay, now this is where the question ends. Now let's pause. This was one long question. Where did the question start? Oh, Ten lines ago, we started out by saying. Um, right after the two dots, or make it 15 lines ago, Rabbi Yechanan said that if I steal and the owner hasn't yet given up hope, 
I can't, I, the, Reuven steals from Yaakov. Yaakov is not yet given up hope. Reuven cannot make it hectish because it's not his. Yaakov cannot make it hectish because it's not in his domain. The Gemara is asking one second. Hold on. Rabbi Yechelen says we always rule like an anonymous Mishnah. This anonymous Mishnah says that in a case where I'm a Tsunua, Yaakov, who it's stolen from, is a Tsunua, and Reuven steals from him, what did Yaakov do? He, on behalf of Reuven, is transferring the holiness onto coins so that Reuven shouldn't be a sinner. Here's the problem. Ask the Gemara. In order for that to work, that means that the owner, the Tsunua, Yaakov, still has control over sanctification once it's out of his domain. Beautiful question. How are these Tsunuim able to do this if once it's taken, you have no control over it? You can't make it hectish. And it comes out to be a contradiction in Rebbechanan. Because Rebbechanan says, even if you're still the owner, once it's out of your possession, you can't sanctify. How are they transferring sanctity onto money when it's out of their possession? Bechit, even if you're going to tell me. That this whole opinion of Tznuin is not an anonymous mission, it's actually a Shirming Amlio. It's not possible. Rabbi Yechon Kistan Bechidolai Amr, Rabbi Yechon is not following him. No, Amr Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon, Kol Makam Shan Rabbi Shirming Amlio, Bemisha Zainu Allah Kamaisa. Rabbi Shirming Amlio says something in the Mishnah, we always follow him. Chutz me Arev et Saidun Royach Reina. Except for the halacha of an Arev, the halacha concerning a guarantor. We're not, not going to get into these halachas right now. At Saidun. And uh, also a get that's given in the city of Tzaydan, Uraya Achreina, and where evidence keeps coming uh, later. The question is, once there's a psak and then somebody, uh, a ruling in a bez and somebody else shows up, do we still accept new uh, testimony once there's a, once there's a uh, ruling given on a bezin, in a bezin? But be it as it may, be it as it may, Rabbi Yechanan should hold that Halacha Lamaisa, the Tznuim, the Yaakov, the righteous, modest owner, um, even according to Rebbe it seems he's allowed to, uh, he's allowed to uh, consecrate it. He's allowed to sanctify it. So why did Rebbe Yechidon by us say you can't do it if it's not in your possession? Amri, they answered, Don't understand the Mishnah to mean that whatever, that the Tznum would say whatever was taken from this from this uh, from this uh, orchard, Ella emas kolam mize. Anybody who will, now it says the Gemara like this. Taka, good question. So I'll tell you what it means. What it means is, Rabbi Yechonon holds, you cannot an owner cannot sanctify something once it's out of his possession. Okay, he's sticking with that. Why then does the Mishnah say the owner? Is allowed to um, why, why does Mish say that the current owner is allowed to, on behalf of those taking his stuff, transfer the holiness onto coins? Because he's not doing it after it's taken out of his possession. You know when the owner is doing it prior. He's sitting down and he he takes coins while the food is in his possession, and the owner says, Yaakov says, any food which will be taken. I'm transferring the, the holiness onto the coins now. Once it's out of his possession, you're right, says the Gemara, he would not be allowed to do it. But since he's doing it prior, it's like a just in case someone takes. 
you know, we're doing this on his behalf, since it's still in his possession, he's permitted to do that. Says the Gemara, Miyam Rabbi Yechen Achi, but would Rabbi Yechen say such Allah Chavam Rabbi Yechen? Rabbi Yechen says, Tzinon Rabbi Daisa, Rabbi Recha, the Tzinon and Rabbi Daisa follow the same thing. What does that mean, Rabbi Daisa? No, Katka Amar. Rabbi Daisa says it was previously picked, meaning these people already took it, and then you're sanctifying it, and I'll show you how this is so. Titania, we learned in Rabbi Daisa, Rabbi Yudai, Rabbi Yudai says, Shachris Balabai Yisai made Vyaymer Kol Sheyokar Aniyam Ayayim Yehi Hefker. In the morning, you have the owner come out to his field and he says, whatever the poor people take today is hefker. Okay? Belongs to the poor. Rav Daisa Aymer. Rav Daisa says, Le'itusei Erev Aymer. He doesn't, the owner doesn't go out to his field each morning and say whatever the poor people come to take as their gifts is theirs. Rather, rather he says, Towards the evening, you say that. Now, this is also an incredible thing. I want to pause for a minute. When it comes to the laws of what the poor people are allowed to take from a field, so they're allowed to take forgotten grain, the corner of the field, and fallen grain. They're, not, they're only allowed to take fallen grain if it was less than three bundles. Once it's three bundles or more, they have to assume the owner is going to come back for it. They're not allowed to take it. Now, the problem is the poor people would take stuff. Yeah, let's say it wasn't clear how many fell in one spot. Be it as it may, the righteous owners would go out to the field and say, you know, and we, we know we have to give gifts to the poor. If the poor people make any mistakes about the gifts that we have for them, the poor people make any mistakes about it, it's okay. We're being mafkarit, we're being meichalit, uh, being meichalit ahead of time. I, I was just in a conversation, mamish, literally yesterday. Yesterday, today is, is it yesterday, today is what, Wednesday? It might not be literally yesterday, it might be Monday. I don't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday. Either, either yesterday or the day before. Conversation with somebody who's in a financial pinch and the show fund was able to uh, help them out. And they called me to let me know that they made a specific purchase on something. They made a specific purchase on something that, um, that uh, cost costed money. He wanted me to know that somebody else sponsored it. I shouldn't think that even though he's taking, you know, he's using money from the discretionary fund, that he's using it, you know, on, on something which is costly. And I was blown away by that. I totally get why he was like, he said, actually, somebody told him something. Somebody says something to him. But I said, listen, I was like, to be honest with you, if, if we use money to help you financially when you're in a pinch, I'm not looking at how you spend it. That's up to you. We're here. To, we're here to help. If I don't know what people's needs are, some people have needs, and somebody else thinks that's that's outrageous, and somebody else, it's it's it, whatever. You might spend things that are necessary. I might think is crazy, and I might spend something on that I think is a necessity for me, and is, and you might think it's nuts. I don't know. We each have our own habits, our own spending, and the Torah says you give people. Uh, you help people out according to their needs. It's not a matter of, I'm not judging you how you go ahead and spend it. If I was judging you and I cared how you spent it, I would just pay that specific bill for you. And if I wanted it to go towards your electric bill, I'd just pay your electric bill. I'm giving you money and I'm not stipulating you could you could use it to go wherever you want or do whatever you want. I'm, I'm not getting in your way of this. You don't need to, you know, I'm just telling you, you don't need to excuse yourself. These 
the, these tsunuim would go out to the field, incredible, and they knew they were giving tzedakah. They knew that. But they, said, they, they didn't want Aniyim to like get in trouble for the tzedakah that was taken, maybe inappropriately used it, you know, uh, without an understanding. So they went out, they said, whatever is taken. Now the, the machlekas says, would they do it in the, before the fact or after the fact? Would you go out in the morning or in the afternoon? Now, if you go out in the morning, why would you say only the morning? That's because... You ha- you could only do that. You can only make it hefker when it's still in your possession. If you say at night, then you don't doesn't need to be in your possession for you to make it hefker. Says the Gemara, Let's switch around Reb Yehuda to Reb Daisa and Reb Daisa to Reb Yehuda, which means Reb Yehuda is the one who says you did it towards the evening, and Reb Daisa said you did it towards the morning because it's still in your domain. Says the Gemara, why are you switching around that opinion? Amai ichbes masnisa. Why are you switching around the bracha? Why don't you why don't you switch around the opinion of Rabbi Yechinon Ve'ema Tznum Rabbi Yehuda Amudavarachar instead of saying if you're going to switch something around why are you saying Rabbi Daisa and the Tznum say the same thing you should say Rabbi Yehuda and the Tznum say the same thing answers the Gemara Amri they said Loisagia it's not enough to Loimis Hapech Masnisa it's not enough if the Brisa is not changed around which means the best thing to do in this situation is to change around the Brisa. All right. Uh, Is what you're after? Yeah. All right. We're going to change around the price. Says the Gemara. What does that mean? In this brisa, Rabbi Yehuda holds a brera. What's brera? It's retroactive. Um, it's retroactive. Um, uh, figuring out, retroactively deciding what goes where. Brera means division, right? Can you divide something retroactively? Okay. Now, what's a classic case of this? A classic case of this is going to be where a classic case of this is going to be where I have a barrel that I'm obligated to separate trumas and maestras from. Until I separate Trumas and Maestras, it's Tevel, it's not kosher. I'm not letting, can I say, you know, I'm not going to actually separate the uh, Truma and Maestras now. I'll start drinking, and I'm keeping in mind with Brera, with retroactive separation, that whatever I'm drinking now is not the Truma and Maestras. Whatever's left over at the end will be Truma and Maestras. But I'll do that, I'll do that all retroactively, Okay. So Vishaminon, the Rabbi Yehuda Ba'amud Lesla Brera. We'll say in general, Rabbi Yehuda holds that you do not do Brera, Ditnan, that you can't go back retroactively, Ditnan, because we learned in a we learned in the Mishnah. All right, All right one second. Ditnan, we learned in the Mishnah top of Samachtas Amadbeis. If a person buys wine. From Akusi. Now it's Arab Shabbos Kodesh. It's Friday afternoon. You bought wine from Akusi. Now Akusi does not have a status of having separated Trumas and Maestras. And you're not allowed to separate Truma and Maestras on Shabbos for a, for a couple of reasons. Let's, let's assume right now it has to do with Tikkun Mana. That because you're not allowed to eat it without that. So if you separate the Truma and Maestras, you're now putting the finishing touches. It's like Makabapatish. You're putting the finishing touches on the item, which now they have to do on Shabbos. So if a person buys wine from a kusi, you don't have time to separate chumas and maizras or 
you, you didn't, it was too close to Shabbos, whatever, or however, whatever the circumstances are, Omer, what you should say is, Omer, what you should say is, Shnei Lugin Shani the two Lugin of wine that eventually I'm going to, uh, that, uh, that eventually I'm going to separate, Harehin Shruma, that's going to be Shruma, but I'm not separating it now. Asara Maiserishin, ten Lugin that I'm going to separate Eventually, as Meiser Rishon will be Meiser Rishon, Tisha the nine Lugan are going to be Meiser Shani. Umechal, and then you're, you, uh, you 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 make the rest chulin, right? You take the holiness and you move it onto coins. Vishaisemiyad, and you could drink from the wine right away. Okay, so in other words, if I use Breira, if I use retroactive division, I can say, oh, you know, whatever I'm going to leave over is going to be. Meiser, whatever, uh, it's going to be this type of Meiser, whatever I'm uh, Meiserishan, the, the next thing is going to be Meiser Shani and uh, we do that retroactively Beshais Miyad, you can drink right away, Dibber Bear, this is the opinion of, this is the opinion of Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yaisi Rabbi Shimon Aisrim, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yaisi Rabbi Shimon say, no you cannot do that, why can't you do that, because they say retroactive uh, division does not work. So you see that Rabbi Huda does not hold of Breira. Now, here we go. Get ready. How does this come full circle? If Rabbi Huda does not hold of Breira, he also cannot hold, he cannot be the opinion which says that, that, um, that when the, the owner goes out to the fields and says, whatever the poor people take today, that's going to be their Lekat Shechem Because we don't hold of Breira. You can't do that unless it actually happens. So it must be we're going to have a problem if you if you if you <laughs> divide it in that way, and it's uh, it's got to be that uh, we're only changing around the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabdaisa in uh, in the Brisa, separate from any <laughs> separate from any of Rabbi Yechanan's uh, approaches. <laughs> All right, funny. One sec. Zog the Gemara Viter says the Gemara Amri. They said to explain Saif Saif, what we call in our terms in the end of the day, at the end of the end, why do we need to switch around the opinions of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Daisa and the Brisa? You're telling me the reason why the opinions need to be switched around, because otherwise it's going to be a contradiction in Rabbi Huda about whether or not he holds a Brera. One second, says the Gemara, very nice. It's going to come out to be a contradiction, Rabbi Huda. But I'll tell you another problem. It's also going to come out to be a contradiction in, by, by switching around Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Deza, It's going to uh, come out to be a contradiction in Rabbi Echenon's. So very nice, you want to help Rabbi Huda not be contradictory, but by doing that, you're causing another problem because you're making Rabbi Echenon contradictory. How so? So now the Gemara explains. The Amrit Rabbi Echenon, because according to Rabbi Echenon, we said, don't say Kolhan Nilkat, anything which was picked. Remember, what do we say? The owner, did the owner say whatever was picked? Whatever was picked, you lose out on, uh, um, is, uh, is going to be Hefker? No. They're going to say whatever will be picked. Whatever will be picked from this vineyard. Alma is So you see from over here, Rabbi Echanan holds of Breira. 
The Omar of Asi, Omar of Yechanan, Ha'achin Shal Kochul, Lechuka, is Heinem Achzir and Zeb, Zeb, Now, when it comes to a dividing in a state, how do we view the division? Do we view when a father passes away that each one really owns it 50-50, or is that the each own the, which is Brera, or do we say each one owns it in its entirety until it's agreed upon how it should be divided? Now, if we view them like Lekuchos, if we view them like, um, like buyers, that each one has just their own part in it, and according to this, they're going, every time you inherit something, the family should have to divvy it up again by Yevel, because you're called buyers, and we know a, a buyer of land has to give it back at Yevel. Now, what do you see from this halacha? The Rabbi Yechanan does not hold of Breira. So it's going to come out of contradiction in Rabbi Yechanan. So says the Gemara, a beautiful question, which is, you know, you want to switch around Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yehuda and make it work for Rabbi Yehuda? Yeah, but by doing that, you're causing big problems in Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. So you're going to have to figure that out. So the Gemara says, okay, all right, let's figure this out. Let's go back to square one. Really, whatever it mean, Really, what we mean when the when the tznuah went out to the field and they said it was ownerless, what they're going to say is kolanilkat. Whatever was picked, which means after the fact, we don't need to rely on breira. It actually was already taken. But even though Rabbi Yehuda holds in general to rule like an anonymous mishnah, he has a different anonymous mishnah that comes to. Uh, that comes to argue on this one. So since he has another anonymous Mishnah which seems to follow him, he might actually be in good shape. It's not going to be a problem with his, with his halacha. Because we learned in another anonymous Mishnah, when somebody steals from a thief, you do not pay double to the first thief. Amai. Why does the second Ganav not pay double? What's the reason for that? What's the reason for that? I get why the second Ganav is not paying the first guy double. The Gunav Mesa Ishn Mesa Ganav. Because it says in the Torah, when do you pay double? When you steal from the owner and not when you steal from a Ganav. So that's why the second Ganav won't pay double. Here's the question. If Ruvain steals from Yaakov and Shimon steals from Ruvain, maybe Shimon should also pay double to Ruvain. Let him pay double to Ruvain. Elalav, the fact that he doesn't, Shmami, no, you learn from here, the first thief, Ruvain, does not get double because it's not his. Shimon shouldn't pay him double. And Bezeh, and, and Yaakov doesn't get double either, because it's not in his domain, beautiful. And this is also an anonymous Mishnah. And Rabbi Yechanan is going to rely on this Mishnah when he says that once something is out of your domain, you no longer have rights to change around. Uh, you no longer have rights to make it hectic. Says the Gemara, fine. So now we have two anonymous, uh, we'll call it Brysus or Mishnayis, one supporting Rabbi Yechanan and one against Rabbi Yechanan. Says the Gemara, well, why is Rabbi Yechanan relying on why is he choosing one over the other? Why is Rabbi Yechanan relying on this anonymous Mishnah? Let him rely on the other anonymous Mishnah, which told us about the Tznuim, that they would, after the fact, uh, go ahead and, uh, after the fact, they would go and say whatever was taken should be Hefker. Says the Gemara, Mishum de Mesayel Ekra. There's two Bryces that argue. The two Bryces that argue. 
And when you have one brysa that has a pasuk backing it up, that give, that makes it stronger. The ish why it says in the Torah of Ishki Yaktish as beat as base like Kaidish Lashem when a man <laughs> when a man makes his house Kaidesh Lashem, he makes his house holy, Ma Besai Bershusai, just like a house is something in your possession, Afkal Bershusai. So too, anything that's in your possession, you are able to make hektish. Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Ilav. This is what I got to put up with over here. Baruch Hashem. Trying to rip down the chandelier. Ilav, the Amar of Rabbi Yechinan, Tznuah, and Rabbi Daisa, Amru Dabarachot. Rabbi Yechinan would not have said that Rabbi Daisa and the Tznuahim say the same thing. Havamina, I would have thought to say, Tznuahim, Islahu, the Rabbi Daisa, that the Tznuahim follow Rabbi Daisa. Rabbi Daisa, Leslahu, the Tznuahim. But Rabbi Daisa does not hold of the Tznuahim. Now, what does this mean? The Tznuahim are going to follow Rabbi Daisa, but Rabbi Daisa is not going to follow the Tznuahim. What does this mean? Says the Gemara. Tznuim is the of Daisa. The Tznuim follower of Daisa means Just like by a thief, the Rabbana made a takanta, they made a decree. Aniim Trichalameimar. Do you got to say by a, no? What they make a decree that these people went out and they uh, these people went out and they even to stop people from stealing, they they said, oh, it's going to be hefker. So by Aniim to get poor people to make sure that they're not taking anything uh, which, is, uh, which they weren't allowed to take, of course we're going to be protecting, of course we're going to be protecting the Aniyim. Rav Daisa, lastly, the Tznuim, Aniyim who dubbed Rabban Takanta, but Rav Daisa is going to say that only by Aniyim did they make a Takana of a Ganov, Loi Abdul Rabban Takanta, when it comes to a Ganov, they did not make a Takana. Why? Like we said before, let the Russia make a mistake. He's taking, a, he's taking a, a inappropriately, and that's his problem. And therefore, and therefore, according to Abdaisa, he'll say, the only time we make a takana, that we make things hefker, is by aniyim, to protect the poor people, to protect the ganav that we are not, uh, that we're not willing to do. Okay, let's hold it here for today. <laughs> Tomorrow, we will pick up, same time, hopefully from Yerushalayim. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.